We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The KC Sports Network live postgame show is about to begin. KC Sports Network is the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. Millions of views, millions of podcast downloads, and the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network of 2022. KCSN is where you want to be for news, commentary, and analysis with a collective perspective on the Kansas City Chiefs that can't be found anywhere else. With more than 15 hosts, analysts, and former players you've watched play putting out nearly 20 shows per week, KCSN is a network for today's fan. Now, it's time for the KCSN Live Postgame Show. Here's BJ Kissel. Third down and goal. Mahomes stepping up, looking. Mahomes chase, diving for the pylon. Patrick Mahomes, is it a touchdown? No signal, yes. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Kansas City Chiefs comfortably defeat the Seattle Seahawks 24-10 in the first game in Arrowhead in the month of December. What's up, everybody? I'm Kent Swanson. That's Craig Stout and Tucker Franklin coming at you with the KCSN live postgame show. Thank you, everyone, tuning in. And let me wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Craig, you are looking extremely festive in that shirt today. Oh, thank you very much. I mean, whenever you can wear Patrick Mahomes' face wearing a Santa hat, you got to do it. Uh, Further showing, despite offensive struggles today, he is still firmly in the grasp of the MVP. That rushing touchdown was ludicrous. The man's horizontal and the awareness to get out there and touch the pilot, that's MVP-level stuff. Tucker, my friend, it's so glad to see your face. At the start of the show, my friend, so glad to see your face. How'd you feel like everybody played today? 
Listen, I thought it was a, a, an easy win. Chiefs cover. They had a 10-point 10 10 point lead or 10-point cover, and they, and they covered easily. Um, a nice way to set off the Christmas celebrations with a, with a game like that. Little hiccups from the offensive side of the ball, but it was cold out there. You, got, you, you, can, you can pass some excuses out. It was cold out there. But overall, glad to have a stress-free game. I mean, you prefer it to be a little bit cleaner, but I mean, I don't know if I don't know, like last, you know, last couple of weeks has been a little bit more frustration at the end of the game. I don't know if I necessarily have that same kind of energy here. Like there's definitely things to clean up, but the Chiefs took care of business. And yes, there was a stretch of really, you know, some struggling offense. Uh, I, I believe four straight three and outs. Was that right? Or is it just four, three and outs total? I can't, I can't remember now, it but it was four, three and outs total on the four, day. three and outs total, yeah. which is, which is not common for this football mm-hmm. team. Don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, they took care of business when they needed to. And, you know, this team, really, this this, this game was never really that much in question. Uh, they they took care of business 24-3 uh, to 3 with about a minute, or about with, uh, with, with less than five minutes, I believe. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. so let's start with, uh, let's start with the defensive side of the ball. I think there's a lot of positive things to, you know, to talk about on that side of the football. I'd say... The four-man rush looked a lot better than it has in recent mem- yeah. memory, Craig. Yeah, it looked really good. Uh, the, I mean, the, the the defensive line, not just rushing the passer, but against the run, kicked ass for the entire first half. Like, they, they absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage. Then the game gets in there. Seattle Seahawks start playing the cutback lanes a little bit more, led to some bigger runs, started getting into their bag a little bit, using two tight ends and, and kind of like a pistol gun formation. Like it, They really had to dig deep to try and find creases against this Chiefs defense, who at that point in the game was more than welcoming the run as they were trying to let the clock run down. The defensive line was really, really, really good today. I felt like George Karloftis played one of his best games as a pro. I know that you know he didn't really record a ton of stats. Frank Clark was really good. Carlos Dunlap was really good. Chris Jones continued to be really, really good. But even the rotational pieces were good as well. They got a lot of pressure on Geno Smith. They stopped the ball up front. There's not a whole hell of a lot more that you can ask out of this defensive line. Not really. I mean, you look at it, I think the biggest thing that I took away, Chris Jones was wrecking the interior offensive line. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's let's not act like that this is like a, a Pro Bowl offensive line, right? Or interior offensive line. But Chris Jones was causing havoc. Having that pocket collapse from the front, Geno Smith, you could see a few times, didn't have a lot of places to go with the ball. Um, when you're talking about just from the pass rush, the, the man, the, the run-stopping ability of Frank Clark this year has been incredible it's been exponentially better than it has in years past and this has probably been his best year in kansas city oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, it, and that it's been it's been a solid year for him I, I thought george karloftis had a very good game one of his better games as a as a rookie as well uh in his first year records the sack gets yet another pass deflection uh a little bit uh, i think a quick win off the edge honestly like it kind of it was still a little rigid trying to turn the corner but he turned it and he got the sack out of it you know so there were some really good moments and some high level moments for for George Karloftis as well. You've got to be pleased with what this group did. Now, you know, there's it's a one-game sample size. You know, there's still going to be plenty of questions about this this unit moving forward, and they're going to have to prove it as this team gets into January. But I'm I'm pleased. I'm pleased with what we saw, what we what the progress we saw today. Um, another defensive storyline I think we need to talk about. I think the rookies had a very strong day across the board. I, I think there was some really high level moments that we saw from this rookie class stepping up. Even, you know, we talk about the, the young cornerbacks all the time, but even the likes of 
Brian Cook and Leo Chanel had their moments too. And I, I thought this was a really good performance across the board for the rookie class on the defensive side of the ball, Craig. Just about every rookie player had a tackle for no gain or loss in this in this game. And that's that's really good to see there. Um, Joshua Williams played a really good game, got his hands on some passes, and broke up a great slant there. Jalen Watson made a couple plays out into the flat. Uh, the, the one that everybody can remember where everybody's going the other way, and he's the only guy out in the flat makes a tackle on fourth down to get off the field. And then, yeah, seeing Leo Chanel blowing plays up, getting into the backfield, seeing seeing George Karloftis getting into the backfield as well, Trent McDuffie making plays. I, both of the both of the sideline fade throws that Geno Smith tried, one of them was intercepted by Juan Thornhill. The other one didn't really go anywhere. Trent McDuffie's in the hip pocket of the receiver. It doesn't matter where that ball's going. It's not getting to the receiver on those plays. That is so positive to see. And then to see Brian Cook get that many snaps, make the kind of contribution that he is. You know, we talk about this safety play all the time. Justin Reed having another pretty good game. That last drive is one they'll forget. But the first 10 were really, really good. When we talk about the safety play and everything like that, Brian Cook has steadily grown into his role as the dime safety, and he looks really good out there. It's just been really fun to watch these rookies grow all season long and to have a game like this where they all contribute in a big, big way. That's awesome. Like that, that, that gives you hope because you're playing the youth. You know there's going to be growing pains with it, but when you start to see flashes like this, it gives you a lot of excitement for the future. Hey, if you're if you're watching, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Uh, let us know where you're watching today. I know a lot of people have been traveling. Uh, I know a lot of people have been, you know, uh, you're getting some time with some family. If you are watching, we genuinely appreciate you hanging out with us uh, as we are recapping the Chiefs uh, beating the Seattle Seahawks twenty four to ten. Let's flip over to the offensive side of the ball here a little bit, uh, just kind of initially. Um. You know, a little bit just disjointed at times. It seems like one of the big storylines I think it's going to be discussed here uh, on this side of the ball is drops. Like, that's probably mm. the biggest. I mean, not to be too negative, but drops seem to be like the big thing to take away from this game. Kind of wasting some opportunities to make this game way more out of reach uh, a lot earlier than it was, Craig. Yeah, it's been... It was difficult to watch today. A lot of drops from the Seahawks as well. It wasn't like the Chiefs were the only ones, but Justin Watson had some untimely drops. MVS couldn't get himself in bounds. Travis Kelsey has a drop. We see one of those about every third game or so. Those were a little bit backbreaking. Uh, several of these three and outs, several of these situations where the offense just kind of stalled out and it kept it close for longer than a lot of Chiefs fans were comfortable with happened because of those drops, because of those drives that were kind of killed. I, I felt like the play calling was actually pretty good. You know, guys were open. Guys were able to get open until the very end of the game there where Seattle had made some adjustments. But throughout the middle of the game where the Chiefs weren't really moving the ball and they weren't getting good, you know, good advancement there, putting points on the board, I felt like the play calling was good, and it was just drops. It was just a lot of drops that were occurring there. So that's something that'll get cleaned up. Obviously, you know, everybody wants to see 
Sky Moore, maybe instead of a Justin Watson a little bit more. And you know, obviously that didn't happen today, but maybe that is the impetus to try and get some of those rotational guys in a little bit more and try and see more of those because you can't be having those crucial drops when you get guys that open. Yeah, uh, opportunistic, you know, some drive stalling drops, uh, putting the Chiefs behind the sticks a little bit. And it just didn't seem like the Chiefs were able to recover recover the same way that they've been capable of doing uh, in the past. So um, I, I don't know. I, I, it, it seems like primarily there was there was a one guilty culprit there. Um, and, you know, I, I, it would be interesting to see what the snap count uh, looks like for him moving forward you know just because like that's a that's a pretty big um that was that was a pretty you know some pretty big moments that that justin watson had some drops so i'm fascinated to see what what that means for the likes of a sky more here um for the you know for the remainder of the season uh if you're doing if you're watching this show please hit the like button please hit the subscribe button helps us grow this channel helps more chiefs find chiefs fans find it we got 18 shows that we're running there's some positives to be talking. Uh, or there's some positives to be talking about, though, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, and it's really Patrick Levon Mahomes. Like that's the big one that we need to start with because, yes, it wasn't the cleanest game for those around him, but the man still put together a very solid performance. The ball really wasn't at risk much, except for one play where Tariq Woolen recovered on Justin Watson and made a phenomenal play to potential. I mean, that was a that was a, that was kind of a close close to being an interception, like just. Very close to being an interception there. Just a fantastic play on the football and recovery by Tariq, uh, by Tariq Woolen. Um, but honestly, I think he played outstanding across for the for the majority of the game, Craig. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can nitpick some of these plays where maybe he, the ball placement was a little bit high or a little bit just outside the frame of some of these guys. Uh, you know, the MVS one that he didn't get his feet in. You look at it and it's like, man, you know, he didn't have anybody around him. You would have expected somebody to kind of have it hit him in the hands, you know, and and be able to do something with it. But by and large, that's that's super nitpicky stuff. By and large, he was pretty good. And in a game plan that was clearly centered around the run, keeping things close, trying to make sure that they do a good job of, you know, not not extending the game. You know, it it doesn't, you know, it it, it was a good game for him. It really was. You know, it's not as great as last week when he rattles off 20 straight completions or anything like that, but 16 or tw- for 28 for 224 and a touchdown and that r- insane rushing touchdown. That's more than enough than was needed today. And so, you know, we know how Andy gets in some of these games where he just kind of pulls back on the reins a little bit and he's like, yeah, this, this, this is fine. And a game like that, perfectly fine with a comfortable lead all game long to not have to force it down the field, force Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball down the field. I mean, Tucker, were you fine? Were you comfortable all game long with all this stuff? Or were you sitting there banging the table for more down the field plays as well? I think that you got to kind of take what the defense gives you, especially in games like this. You got to take the weather into consideration. One of the things that I really noticed, Mark Sanchez pointed this out too, um, which we could have a whole conversation about that crew, <laughs> that whole broadcasting oh, crew. Uh, but he pointed this out of like uh, specifically on punts when the ball was getting punted, it sounded like what he described as a belly flop when you belly flop into the pool. So I can't imagine, you know, how hard that ball was, how hard it was to throw, how hard it was to catch in all those circumstances. It was clearly hard like to catch today. 
it, it was tough. It was a little <laughs> slippery. Um, but I, I think that, you know, obviously these guys are professionals and they get paid to do this. But I was okay with seeing the Chiefs kind of, you know, run the ball really well, take the underneath stuff, and, and seeing Isaiah Pacheco just kind of run angry, uh, as, as Kyle Brandt would say. Man, it was, it's I, – I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, the run game was, I mean, the run game was fine. I know some people were really clamoring for, you know, for the Chiefs to run the ball a little bit more than they did. And I think some of their best drives did involve, you know, putting the putting the ball uh, in the hands of the backs a little bit and getting downhill a little bit. Um, but honestly, I think some of the stalling in the second half kind of was about the run game too, because the early down run, run success was not there for the Chiefs. And it was kind of putting them behind the sticks a little bit. So I know some people were clamoring for the run game. It really didn't work all that much. It really wasn't getting going all that much. Uh, in the second half and that's a credit to the Seahawks for you know for the second half adjustment but I you know I agree I don't think you know I don't think Andy was burning too much too many of his uh his best plays in the second half of that game because it was a comfortable lead this was a comfortable game for the Chiefs it really was never in question um you know the the, the Seahawks only put 10 points on the board and the Chiefs were up 24 to 3 at one point in this game so it got a little it got a little interesting uh late when you know the the Seahawks mounted a drive and uh, you know, Geno Smith threw a ball in the red zone, but what happened right after that? The Chiefs went and responded very quickly, uh, despite that game, you know, still being technically in question with this, you know, with the 17 3 lead. The response was outstanding, and the stars showed up late in the game and, and iced that thing away. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, uh, putting, putting that, uh, you know, putting that game, uh, out of, out of reach. Uh, to, to close that thing out. And that, that was nice to see is to see the stars shine when it mattered the most, Craig. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, Travis, when you see those two take over in the way that they do, like it, it just, you know, it, we as Chiefs fans are spoiled because we were so used to seeing it. Travis Kelsey, now the quickest tight end to 800 receptions ever. <laughs> oh, another, like, rec- another record. Oh, yeah, exactly. We're, we, we have another record that Travis Kelsey is breaking in the middle of this season. I mean, it just further proves here that Travis Kelsey is the best tight end to ever play the game. I fully believe that. And today, another great performance. Six catches, 113 yards. That means that he's now over 1250 for the year and he's still got two games left to play in here i mean he's going to shatter the tight end record that he already holds right now it's just a season of records for one of the best to ever do it and it's really fun to watch him so dialed in i mean we're watching the highlights right now as tucker's playing it back here and my goodness i've never seen somebody get out of a break the way that he does and fool people the way that he does with that kind of foot speed, he's just able to do, just do some crazy stuff. And it, I don't know, really fun to watch Travis do his thing yet again. And another big day for him. Uh, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. If you are watching this show, uh, one of the things I, I love the design, that's might be something we might want to take a look at um, later uh, this week, potentially, because that was a really nice little design to get Travis Kelsey kind of, you know, underneath that vertical stretch in space and kind of picking on, uh, picking on that uh, that linebacker core there for the Seattle Seahawks. So it's a really nice play. And then, yeah, Mahomes finishing that drive out with an outstanding run uh, to the pylon. I just, I, your star's taken over late. You know, that that was that was always, that's always encouraging to see. A quiet six catch, 113 yard performance for oh, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> because it's just, it is. It's just because it's like, it just crept up on you because he he really didn't get involved for a big stretch of that football game. Uh, and then all of a sudden, hey, two catches, 72 yards in the last touchdown drive for the Chiefs in the fourth quarter uh, to go up three scores against the Seattle Seahawks. You know, it's, it's funny, like, you know, we don't, we don't, you know, uh, I don't know. We don't talk about, you know, this much, but uh, the risk. Uh, hold on. Sorry. I lost. I lost my train of thought that, that it's my mind's on Christmas Eve already. Uh, <laughs> something. Yeah. Well, hey. Okay. Well, well, before we talk about what you're going to talk about, I've I've got a stat from Patrick Mahomes. Oh, okay. another another great Patrick Mahomes stat. This is from Chiefs Communications at Chiefs PR on Twitter. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes has 35 plus passing touchdowns and over 4,500 passing yards for the fourth time in his career. Nice. 2018, 2020, 2021, and 2022. He joins Tom Brady five seasons, Drew Brees four, and Peyton Manning four as the only quarterbacks in NFL history to have at least four seasons of 35 plus touchdowns and over 4,500 yards. That's insane. MVP! Give the man his MVP. Joe Burrow's got two interceptions today. Jalen Hurts isn't playing. Josh Allen, two interceptions today. Just lock this thing up and give the man his MVP award. He's earned it. He deserves it. Hopefully, he's not able to accept the award in late February because he's getting ready for a Super Bowl. That's that's the hope. The Chiefs get their 12th win. They are 12-3. and three. Uh, They are still in the pursuit of the one seed, the bye week in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills, despite a nice effort from the Chicago Bears for the vast majority of the football game have uh, iced away uh, that game. Come, they've, it's turned it's turned it into a blowout late. Um, so the the Bears have uh, have lost to the Buffalo Bills. So the Bills do still have 
ownership of the one seed in the playoffs. Uh, the the Bengals are in a we're in a fight uh, until uh, the the New England Patriots fumbled the ball away inside the 15 yard line with a chance to take the lead, uh, and now it's 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 about over uh, there in uh, in New England. So uh, New England kind of screws that up. So she's still currently looking like they're you know they're they're going to be the two seed if if everything holds. But there's a, there's still some football games left. There's a pretty big game between the uh, Bengals and Bills next week. That I think Chiefs fans are all going to be paying very close attention to, I would imagine. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you are watching this. Um, okay, other storylines on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, I thought Isaiah Pacheco ran relatively well uh, for for the game. I, I think the running game was you know it was decent. It wasn't what we've seen in a couple of weeks recently, but still. Um, there's some there's some positive takeaways for stretches of the football game with the run game. Yeah, there were. I, I think especially early, you saw you saw the Chiefs use a lot more gap, which we kind of talked about in the pregame show a little bit. That Seahawks having the kind of down fronts that they were going to play that that was going to lead to more gap runs, or at least it has in the past, and it did early, and that was very successful for this Chiefs offense. We saw a lot of two tight end, some three tight end sets, mm-hmm. a lot of Michael Burton as an inline blocker rather than in the backfield as he's normally lined up as a fullback there. Lots of Blake Bell. We saw Noah Gray on the run a little bit in the very first play from scrimmage. Lots of tight end usage, which plays really well with some of the stuff that Isaiah Pacheco does when they can get out, when they can trust those guys to block defensive ends, get out with you know the guard-tackle combo pulling around the horn. That was really successful. And those were the ones that I think were really killing the Seahawks early. And so that that forced them to play a little bit more downhill. That led to some stops early in the second half there. But really there at the beginning of the game when the Chiefs were trying to lean on the run game, move the ball with it, they were having a lot of success behind those gap runs. Yet again, I pound the table for more gap runs. I don't. You don't need to see the perfect look, Andy. Just get out there and run them. They're going to work. Yeah, no, full heartedly agree. I, I think uh, I, there's been the, there's been a continual shift. Like I think it's in the best interest of you know this team to to continue to lean more into that because I mean like I think we've seen the success of the season you know in the run game has has occurred with that. Um, one thing about Isaiah Pacheco that I really probably my my biggest highlight, biggest takeaway from Isaiah Pacheco today actually had nothing to do with the run game though. Believe it or not. It was that 32 yard uh, catch that he had mm-hmm. and how he, uh, that was probably the most high level um, execution that Isaiah Pacheco has had, I think, all season. And the reason I say that is when, you know, he, he caught the ball b- pass in the flat and he had a lead blocker. He had Creed Humphrey out there in space. He did a fantastic job being both one patient and two helping Creed out, set that block up a little bit, letting him get to get his butt towards the sideline kind of setting up like a little inside you know he's going to cut up inside before bursting out to the sideline and that is that is like exactly what you want to see out of Isaiah Pacheco both in the run in the pass game like those like that's what we wanted to see out of him like there's been a lot of impatience at times with Isaiah Pacheco and his running style like he's just a bull in the china shop and sometimes he's just putting his head down he doesn't know where he's going and all that but I think that that was a real sign of growth and maturity from Isaiah Pacheco as he's continuing to to get more and more, more involved on this football team. I was really impressed. That was one of the best plays of the day. I thought in the past game was you know was that Isaiah Pacheco catch the patience 
and then the burst to finish it out. Yeah. I mean, and Creed, I fully agree with all that. Creed had himself a great day. Really did. I, the the way that he was able to pull out in space and do that, it, it was really nice. They Andy, obviously, you know, obviously he's been watching Lincoln Riley's Oklahoma tape. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he of course, he's got a couple of those guys on his offensive line. But using Creed as a puller for the backside unblocked defensive end on on that shot play to Justin Watson. If you go back and watch that, I know the Tariq Woolen almost picked that off, but they used to do that all the time because he's got such range. And we talked a little bit about how how are these Seahawks, you know, defensive ends going to fare against Orlando Brown Jr., who had a really good day, against Andrew Wiley, who also had a really good day. Like, how are they going to fare against it? Well, they tried to stunt a lot, and they tried to get a lot more looping guys around the edge, trying to confuse the Chiefs. So what do the Chiefs do? They pull Creed out to catch the looper. Like, it was it was really fun to watch. Really good job by Andy Reid and, and Andy Hex scouting those sorts of looks, expecting that sort of stuff on those downs and distance, because you mess that up you allow Patrick Mahomes to have a free hit but you got a guy with the talent of Creed Humphrey that can pull out into space like that's that's ludicrous you you don't have too many guys that can do that sort of stuff hey thanks everybody that's watching right now please hit that like button please hit that subscribe button leave some comments celebrate the Chiefs are uh are victorious yet again uh 12 and 3 looking to finish this season strong one other guy I wanted to kind of highlight on the offensive side of the ball real quick. It was really nice to see Kadarius Tony get involved. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a fantastic play. It almost like ended into, it was almost disastrous from the start because, you know, the they, they tried the tap pass to Kadarius. He fumbles the ball a little bit. Uh, but the recovery and the change of directions and cuts that he made uh, were outstanding. That's ultimately what led to that touchdown. Like, I'm not going to compare him to like a McCole Hardman necessarily when it comes to like stylistically, but like, I don't know if that play go winds up in the end zone. If a guy like, you know, McCole with his straight line speed is able is, is executing that play. But uh, Kadarius, I thought like the fantastic first cut and then the second cut up inside Trey Smith, absolutely destroying somebody <laughs> was a lot of fun. Go for it, Tucker. I want you to talk about this play, buddy. Uh, Trey Smith, yeah. the people. <laughs> well, Trey Smith, that's just become a commonplace now, right? We've just come yeah. to expect Trey Smith just absolutely laying people out. What I really was thinking about, too, is you talk about other guys on that play. We saw Sky Moore have a little bit of a shifty play, too, where he caught the ball behind the line mm-hmm. of scrimmage and kind of, uh, kind of snaked his way too close to a first down. That's a guy that I'd like to see Sky Moore a little bit more on those on those jet things, just to add a little bit more looks to that. Um, but no, Kadarius Tony coming back into this offense. We talked about it for a couple weeks now, getting that aspect back into this uh, offense and how uh, crucial it could be moving east to west and, and getting the guys north and south open as well. Also, I know I've seen some people in the comments ask about Carlos Dunlap. I want ask about just kind of an injury update. A- Andy Reid came to the podium. He said everyone's healthy. Um, so I'm sure that we'll see Carlos Dunlap on the injury report. But as of now, nothing too serious to say um, that he's he won't be uh, in in the discussion next week to play. So uh, good, especially this time of year and in the type of game this is to have everybody else come out healthy. And, and thanks again, everybody watching. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Some more notes from Andy Reid in the press conference. It's starting. Uh, Chiefs coach this is from Herbie Teope. Uh, Chiefs coach Andy Reid said it was the game plan to have Legarius Sneed shadow travel uh, with wide receiver DK mm-hmm. Matt Metcalf. Um, and we've seen we've seen this a couple times already 
uh, where, you know, there's some bigger receivers or some, you know, bigger challenges. Legereus Sneed's been up to the task and they've kicked Trent McDuffie inside. And yeah, I think, I think Legereus Sneed did a pretty nice job, all things considered. Yeah, he did. I, yeah, that was one of the first things that we noticed on the first drive. It was, oh, wait, 21's in the slot. You know, like it, you, it jumps out all of a sudden because you're so used to seeing Legereus Sneed there. And that reduced some of the blitzing that Steve Spagnolo did. You know, he leans on Legereus Sneed to be a true blitzer a lot of times out of the slot. Not that Trent McDuffie can't do that, it's just a different element of the game and so if Legereus Sneed is following around DK Metcalf well that means hey guess what you're going to see less slot blitz and because of it DK had a pretty good day I mean you know he had nine targets seven for 81 but they weren't easy targets and I think that that's the thing that you know as when you're watching that game Legereus is right there on a lot of those he's a blanket on most of those plays and honestly the, the big yardage came from a 35-yard bomb that came down the sideline there that was just a great ball, just a great ball by Geno Smith. But Legereus made, th- made life really rough on DK. They did a good job of, even when they didn't have safety help, getting Legereus to play physical at the line of scrimmage. That's what you got to do. And it was good to see that because, you know, you play to your your opponent. Yes, they're hurt. The Seahawks were very hurt. Their weapons were really, really hurt. Obviously, Noah Fant and Kenneth Walker come out and play in this game. They were questionable. There was some question as to whether or not they play. But without Tyler Lockett there, DK is the biggest threat that you really have to be worried about. They did a good job of being physical with him, rerouting him throughout everything that he was doing there. And then when they did kind of high-low him a little bit, they did a good job of shifting the safety over the top. That that interception by Juan Thornhill obviously is the one that everybody's going to remember there where he's already kind of aligned over the top of DK because they know that's a gotta-have-it play for them that they're going to try and trust DK to come down with it. So good game plan by Steve Spagnuolo on that. Good job by Legereus Need by doing that as well. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. An interesting, you talk about DK, they did some shenanigans pregame, right, going out there, warming up with no mm-hmm. shirts on. Canarius Tony, this is from Harold Kuntz, from, uh, he said, Canarius Tony, uh, they wanted to be tough, but you see the result. Um, <laughs> after the game, that's what he said about uh, the Seahawks wide receivers. Oh, my. Hit the like Watch button, hit the, subscri- <laughs> hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Another note from Andy Reid, uh, he noted the importance of uh, playing the rookies, uh, or the rookies playing well today. 
uh, said he thought it was really important. The new guys play well down the stretch. That is from uh, blue check mark verified Robert Rimson at Rimsanity on Twitter. Uh, the, the OG blue check mark. Uh, the real he, one. He didn't have to buy it. No. Uh, yeah, no, I think that that is another like, that was just so important. And like, like that's so that was so impressive from this class. Like it just feels like every it, every rookie kind of made an impact in this game. And, you know, they talk about the rookie wall. Maybe they kind of broke through it a little bit. Uh, maybe maybe that was, you know, like there's, there's some running on fumes late in the stretch. It did seem like there was some moments where the rookies were kind of, you know, having having their struggles at some point. But I mean, they've they've played real strong late and, uh, you know, they, they played really strong. Uh, this week, for sure, I think across the board, I don't think there's really any rookie that can hang their head from today's performance. Uh, every one of them kind of made an impact. I was kind of fun to see Brian Cook involved a little bit more too. Like I know Craig mentioned that too. Like I was some tackling in space. Like this whole rookie class will mm-hmm. tackle you, and they're the best tacklers on the football team. Like <laughs> across the board, they're just they're hitting. They're hitting Craig. They are hitting, and that's what they were drafted for. I mean, that's what we said the words football character about 43,000 times on the draft, you know, broadcast there. But it's because of games like this. It's cold. It's hard to get up for that. If you listen, (laughs) when when I talked to DJ and Mike this week, like DJ was talking about, it's like, man, hard to get up for some of these because, like, he doesn't want to be cold. And it it sucks to go out there and do that. These are the kind of guys that you want out there because they're fearless. They're going to come downhill. They're going to pop you in the mouth and it's going to feel different. And it makes things so much more difficult on offense. Geno Smith took a lot of hits earlier in this game and it clearly rattled him. He did not want to hold on to the ball for very long. Even the one play I think everybody remembers where he could have scrambled for a first down and decides to chuck it. He's just he just wanting to get the ball out of his hands because he took so many hits. Kenneth Walker obviously did a good job of rebounding from a bunch of big hits early, but Marquise, or Marquise Goodwin took some big shots from this defense and was clearly rattled, had some alligator arms, some you know concrete hands for a couple of those plays as well. That's what you want. Like you want to instill a little bit of fear into the opposition, especially on a cold day where things are just a little bit harder. And the Chiefs' defense, especially the rookies, did make it that much harder on. Thanks. That's every. Thanks to everybody that's been watching this. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. It is toast game time. Presented by Ben Holiday Bottled in Bond Bourbon uh, from Holiday Distillery. It's out in Western Missouri. It's absolutely fantastic and uh we are gonna do a little bit of a toast game here uh i'll let you guys start because i have mine in my head so uh I'll, I'll i'll give you guys all a chance uh craig you go first who's your who's your toast game go to oh my toast game i, I kind of want to go to the entire defensive line after a week huh. where colin saunders comes out on twitter and make sure everybody knows it's like hey man like we're, we're better than y'all are giving us credit for at rushing the passer. Another really, really good day of rushing the passer. If that defensive line shows up in the playoffs, this defense is going to make a little noise. So mm-hmm. toast to the entire defensive line for that one. I uh, I love that, Craig. Defensive line play, but we got to see a little bit of Danny Shelton. We even got to see a little bit of Danny Shelton in pass Zone coverage. drop. Zone um, drop. Danny love to Shelton. see that big old. <laughs> the little zone drop, big old 71 out there. That's not really a defensive line number. But <laughs> anyway, um, I like to give a toast to Jarek McKinnon. Second game in a row where he's got a receiving touchdown. I still can't slow. You it. did. 
and <laughs> and he might he didn't have the statistical impact as he did last game, but the way that he is uh, just kind of been a supplemental piece, uh, a complementary piece is probably a better word to use to this offense in the passing game and the run game as as a compliment to Isaiah Pacheco as well. It's been awesome to see. I love love his story. Missed two years with the with the ACL out in San Francisco. Come back and having a great career. Uh, and yeah, to Jarek McKinnon. To Jarek McKinnon. I'll go to Willie Gay. Uh, I thought he made some plays out in space, some plays out in the passing game, getting a pass defense. Um, it was really encouraging to see him kind of dominate in space, honestly, uh, out with, you know in the flat. So, you know, there's some really good things from uh, from Willie Gay, and he hasn't gotten any, any recognition today. He played well uh, across mm-hmm. for the majority of this game. So Willie Gay is my toast game as well. Uh, if you have any, if anybody wants to leave a comment and toast anybody, by all means do it. Tucker, I'm going to make you do it again because there's one thing you do need to toast to, especially on Christmas Eve. Got to toast to good health. <laughs> to good to health. Good health. To good health. <laughs> hey, while we're toasting... They've got a new. I don't know if you guys have seen this. I'm sure you guys have, but they have a new Rickhouse proof over at uh, over at uh, in the, at the Holiday Distillery. You can only got, get it at the Holiday Distillery. Here's a video about the Rickhouse proof. If you haven't had a chance to visit uh, Ben Holiday Distillery or the Holiday Distillery, uh, it is incredible. It is an absolute blast out there. So go make sure you check that out. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's very interesting. Uh, you'll get to if you can get a tour too. Trust me, it's it's a lot of fun there. So uh, shout out to uh, Holiday Distillery. They are wonderful to work with, and Ben Holiday Bourbon is an absolute delight. Yep. Uh, Thanks to everybody that's uh, that's been watching us. Please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. But it's time for us to get out of here because we all want, are going to go celebrate Christmas with our families. Some final thoughts on the way out, though, Craig. Anything you want to say? Yeah, uh, defense was really good. Like they're going to shoot up the the defensive charts now. I mean, before <laughs> they, they they had ten drives and they allowed three points. Like it, it don't get that lost by that one drive. 10 straight drives with three points. We have talked time and time again about how this offense needs to play perfect to make up for the defense. That was the polar opposite today, and that was really good to see because you want games like this going into it. And thank God we don't have to hear about more special teams drama this week. Good job, Harrison and Tommy. Yes, yes. Good holds. I it was no, I was watching the holds. You know, you have to know everyone was watching those holds uh, oh, after yeah. the week that after the week that was going on on Chiefs Twitter. Uh, no, I think that uh, what what I love to see is you know, Chiefs Twitter loves to overreact to things. This this must be uh, this this we all know. I just think that it's good time to take a deep breath, hit a nice refresh, hit a nice uh, hit a nice relaxing time where you can spend time with your family. Don't forget about the little uh, third quarter. Don't don't even think about the third quarter of that game. Just think about the two catches that Travis or uh, Travis Kelsey had in the in the touchdown for Patrick Mahomes, and that's what you should take away from this game. That's should, that should be your impact. I'm gonna think about the defensive side of the ball in the third quarter. Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay, that's fair. That's fair. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening. Thanks for, for supporting KC Sports Network. You have no idea how grateful we are for all of your support. 
Uh, it's been a lot of fun doing cool things with friends for the last 18 months, and we can't wait to do even more. That's going to do it for the KCSN live post-game show. Thank you all, and we'll catch you later. Love you. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.